0: The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. We're in a series called Why We, and we have been talking about over the last several weeks why we do what we do as a church and how we accomplish it. Uh, We've been saying, and I'll see if you guys have been paying close attention, okay, we exist to... All right, let's do a little bit better than that. All right, are you guys ready to wake up this morning? All right, we exist to help people know God. There you go. We exist to help people know God. When we talk about knowing God, we're talking about relationship with God. We want you to step into a real relationship with God, not an information ship. We don't want you to learn about God. We want you to know God. Come to a place where you're living and walking with him on a daily basis basis. And so to help us accomplish our why, we have five values, five things that we're working through our church to help us do this. We've already talked about uh, reaching the lost. We've talked about creating worshipers. We've talked about developing disciples. Today, I want to talk to you about building the family. Turn to the person beside you and say, building the family. family. If you have your notes this morning, you got your new song notes, go ahead. You can follow along with me. In fact, that first blank there, you can fill it in. It says, the church is a family. The church is a family. Uh, understand that, that, that God, often in Scripture, here's what you're going to find. When you begin to study the Bible, you're going to discover that very often when God refers to his relationship with us, our relationship with him, our relationship with other believers, he speaks in family terms. In fact, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, the Bible says that God becomes your father, that Jesus becomes your brother. In fact, that's in your notes there. That, that we all, not just Jesus becomes your brother, but actually all the other people in this room become your brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, the Bible says it like this in uh, Ephesians 2.19. It says, we're all members of his family. And that literally means, members of his family literally means we become blood relatives with God. That because of the the, the blood of Jesus, we can all be born into this family of God, people around us, turn the person beside with God. So God's our father, Jesus is our brother, along with all the other people around us, turn the person beside you and say, you're my brother and sister. We're related and we're in this thing called the family of God. And the family of God, understand this, the family of God is the church. In fact, 1 Timothy 3 verse 15 spells it out for us. It says, God's family, other translations say God's household, is the church of the living God, the pillar, the foundation of truth. And so we want you as a church, we want you as a person in the church to recognize this and to understand it and see things from these terms. And this is important for you to get because the Bible says this in Psalms 92. Uh, verse 13 i believe it is you guys want to put that up for me it says those who are planted everybody say planted, planted. that idea of planted there means that you've set down roots that you have you're established in something those that are, who are planted in the house of the lord what's the house of the lord we just said it the house of the lord Is is the church? Those that are planted in the church, who have set down roots, are established in the church. Look at this; shall flourish in the courts of our God. That word "flourish" there is the Greek word parak. It means to grow to the place of producing fruit. God wants you to produce fruit. You think about when a tree produces fruit, that fruit is a a sign that that tree is healthy. But what else? That fruit also is able to nourish and feed and care for other people. That's how God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you to the place that you're not just blessed so that you're blessed. You're blessed so that you can be a blessing. And and so all of this is under this idea of of family. This idea of family and, and us seeing the church and seeing our role in the church as being a family. And we and we have to see the see. Here is what I've I've come to understand about about the church. Uh, I believe this with all my heart that Jesus is the hope of this world, and that the the vessel through which he this hope is known in this world is the church. It's the instrument through which this hope is brought into this church, is ministered to this world. And so I believe this, as a church, we can make a difference in this world. As a church, we can make an impact in this world. As a church, we can change this world. God can change you through the church, and God can use you to change the world around you through the church. But, but if that's going to happen, we're going to have to be rooted in the church, and we're going to have to see the church the right way. You've got to see the church for what it is. The church is not a business. The church is not an organization. Yes, we we are in the business of of Jesus Christ. And yes, we have to be organized and we have to, you know, use organization in order to carry that out. But but we have to see church for what it is. It is a family. Because if we don't see it the right way, it's going to affect how we relate to the church. It's going to affect how we see the church. See, Jesus didn't come and die on the cross and shed his blood so that he could redeem employees unto himself. He didn't die on the cross so that he could redeem an organization or a business unto himself. He died so that he could redeem a family unto himself. So that he could win a family. And we could become this family of God who who represent our Father and represent our family to people who are outside of our family that don't know God like they should. The church is a family. And we've got to see it this way because if we don't, it's going to affect how we relate to the church. because, Because how you see something determines how you relate to it how you see, how you perceive something has a huge effect on how you relate to it. Let me, let me try to illustrate this for you. Okay. I am an American. Yes. Any other Americans with me this morning? And so as an American, I expect good customer service. It's an American, right? It's an expectation. So, so when I go to a restaurant, I expect good customer service. And, and, and so if I go there, I, I'm going to, and, and listen, when I go to a restaurant, if I don't get cu- good customer service, I'm not going to throw a fit and, you know, be all bad. You know, I'm a Christian, right? Some of you need to hear that this morning. We're Christians. We don't do that. But I'm going to remember that I didn't get good customer service and I'm probably never going to go there again. Like if I go to a restaurant and they sit me down and I sit in a booth and I wait for 15, 20 minutes and no one comes and checks on me. No one brings me water. And I, I'm, I'm just inside. I'm just making notes. Making notes. I'm never coming back to this place again. And if they bring me my food, and let's say that, you know, the dish I order has something demonic on it, like sweet potatoes. I I don't like sweet potatoes. Anybody like sweet potatoes? Okay, we're going to have the prayer. The altars are going to be open at the end of service. We're going to pray for you. I don't get it. I don't get guys that like sweet potato fries. Like, that's cute. That's really cute. I I like my fries sweet. I don't know. Doesn't, I don't get it. It don't make no sense to me. But whatever. It's a mark of the beast, I think. What was I talking? Oh, okay. So, if they give me those, there's sweet potatoes on my plate. I'm just gonna push them to the side. Hope that they didn't affect the rest of my dish. And I'm gonna make a note in my head, and I'm gonna remember this. And I'm probably not gonna come back to this place. Why? Because when I go to a restaurant, I'm a consumer. And I'm judging that restaurant based on their performance. I'm judging that restaurant based on the quality of what they, how they serve me, the quality of the food that they give me. But I don't have that same approach when I go home. Like I don't walk into my house after work and sit down at the kitchen table and if like for 15 minutes no one has come in and served me, like I'm not in there going, hey, is anybody going to come in here and serve me? Because I'm going to hear from about five different rooms in the house. No! Or like if my wife walks in, uh, ma'am, excuse me, um, I've been sitting here for about 15 minutes and I, no one has served me, uh, let me just tell you, that is not going to go over well. <laughs> or like if, if she brings me my food and she brings me my, my dish and I cut into my chicken and start to eat it and it's a little dry, I'm not going, uh, ma'am, uh, could you take this back to the kitchen and go ahead and prepare me another one? This isn't up to my standard. I ain't going to go over well. So what do I do? I close my eyes, I grip my teeth, and I gnaw my way through that overcooked chicken. <laughs> but here, here's the point. <laughs> I'm not a consumer at home. It's my family. I'm a contributor at home. Right. And I'm not judging my home and my wife based on the quality of service that they give to me. I'm, that, that's not their job. My job is to contribute to this overall family. We are in this together. We are a family. And this is why we have to see church as a family. I'm not judging my family on the customer service and the quality of what they give me. No, no, it doesn't work that way. This is my family. And so we have to see church this way too. And so today I want to give you an analogy that we're going to kind of follow through this message to help us to get this idea. Okay, I know it's September 30th today, but I want to talk about Thanksgiving today. And I want us to relate this, the church. I want us to relate how we interact within the church, how we interact with God, with each other and how we, how we see the church to how we approach Thanksgiving dinner on Thanksgiving Day as a family. All right. So i got five points for you this morning. Let's jump right into this. Here's number one. In our family, on Thanksgiving, if you're invited, we have a place for you. In our family, at Thanksgiving, we have a place for everyone who is invited to the table. And it's not just our family that's invited. There's other people that sometimes get invited. We have guests from time to time. Who we, who we invite. And when we invite them, we make a place for them. Like there was a time years and years ago when my, my wife, who's Sarah Blunt now, was Sarah Newsome. And she was invited to Thanksgiving dinner at my parents' house. And, and she came. And because she came, we had a place for her. And we, we treated her like a guest. And we showed her the ropes. And, and she was treated like a princess that day because my dad thought she was really cute. And everybody loved her. And we wanted her to be a part of this family. They were rooting for me on this one. Because they, rec- they recognize I was in way over my head on this one. So everybody chip in. we got to make this happen. <laughs> and so we, we treated her really well. And, and, and you know, I think it was that that won her over, actually. I don't know. But my, my point is, b- before she was a part of our family, we treated her like family. As a guest, we treated her. We loved her. We invited her in. And we do that in our family at Thanksgiving. If you're invited, we have a place for you. And we make room for you. And listen, New Song Church, the same approach we have here. If you're invited, we have a place for you. And we're gonna go out of our way to serve you and make a place for you. And listen, here's the next thing you need to understand. Everyone is invited. At this church, listen, this is a church family. And we are not a closed family. We are looking to grow this family. We are looking to add family members to this family. And so you're invited. We don't care how old you are. We don't care how young you are. We don't care what the color of your skin is. We want this church to be a multi-generational, multicultural, big family of God that represents God to the world around us. So you're invited, and if you're invited, we're going to serve you, we're going to make a place for you, and we're going to get you to the place where you become a family member in in this family that's our church, all right? So that's number one. Here's number two. In our family at Thanksgiving, everyone brings something to the table. In our family at Thanksgiving, everyone brings something to the table. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is talking about the church, and he's talking about the people within the church. And And relating them, relating the church to a body, and relating the people within the church to the individual members or individual parts of a body. You know, just like in your body, you've got fingers and toes and eyes and ears and nose and knees and all that stuff. You've got internal organs, your heart, your kidneys, your lungs, all these things, all these different parts we have, and all these parts work together for the good of your body. And if one of these parts isn't working correctly, it throws everything off. They're all necessary. They're all individual parts that are necessary. In the same way, we believe that that every part is necessary and that every person is necessary. Every person is valued and every person has something to bring to the table. We don't all bring the same thing because maybe there's different reasons why, but we all can bring something. Like in, in my family, different people bring different things. Like the majority of the food that's brought to the table on Thanksgiving Day is brought by my mom, does the majority of it, and then my wife, Sarah, And my sister Brooke, they bring the majority of the dishes to the table on Thanksgiving Day. But everybody brings something. Like I bring something. I'm in charge of the stuffing on Thanksgiving Day. That's right. And it's good. It's a sage stuffing that I make... And it's really good. So on Thanksgiving Day, I'm preparing this stuffing. I'm cutting onions, and I'm, I'm getting cornbread ready, and I'm chopping up sage and putting this all together to cook my little dish so that I can bring it to the table. But beyond that, I do some other things on Thanksgiving Day. I, bring, I, I help with the cleanup. I help with the setup. Guys, the girls do the cooking, so the guys do the, do the cleanup. Amen? Amen. amen? amen. That was kind of pathetic, but amen, right? We help out. And so I bring something. I bring my part. My, my grandma, she brings something to Thanksgiving. Now, at one point when I was a kid, she was the one doing the majority of the cooking. But things have, have shifted for her. Her role within the family has shifted a little bit. But she's still valuable to our family. She still brings the majority of the recipes. They're her recipes that we, we eat on Thanksgiving Day. And she brings expertise to the, to the kitchen and how these things are prepared and how they're done and how they're put together. And she brings her presence and her wisdom to, to our Thanksgiving. And we value her and we love her being there. And then there's my kids. My kids bring something to the table. They don't bring a dish, but they bring energy, (laughs) and they bring joy, and they bring laughter. And we love having them there. We value having them there. And, and And so everyone brings something to the table. And I want you to recognize, in the church, we believe that everybody brings something to the table. We don't all bring the same thing, but we all bring something to the table, and maybe you're here today and you're new to the things of God. Maybe you're you're what the Bible calls a baby Christian. And when I say that to you, I'm not saying that to insult you. Like just like if you had a little baby with you, I wouldn't, you know, say, "Oh, you have a little baby." And you'd be like, "How dare you call this a baby?" Like it's a baby. So it's okay to call it a baby. Like if you're new to the things of God, if you're you're a baby Christian, that's okay. You're you're new to this stuff. And we understand that. And just like we don't expect much of a baby on Thanksgiving Day, we expect you, we're not expecting you to step right in and, and be <laughs> contributing part of the church right away. Like we want to let you grow. We want to let you grow into the role God has for you. Uh, and, and think about this. If I was to show up on Thanksgiving day with two broken legs in a wheelchair, my family would recognize that I'm in an unhealthy place and I can't contribute like I normally could. And we understand as a church that there's some of you here, and maybe you've dealt, you're dealing with some stuff. You're dealing with some some unhealthy stuff that's taken place in your life. Maybe you're dealing with church hurt. Maybe you're dealing with some abandonment issues, some some stuff. And so as you come to the church, we want to help you get healing. Because see, here's how it works in a family. We recognize that not everybody can contribute the same amount, but we also know how it works. And that leads me to point number three. In our family at Thanksgiving, we expect growth. We expect growth. You may come into this family as a baby, but in a family, we understand you're going to grow beyond just being a baby. You may come to the table that one year and you're a little sick. Maybe you're dealing with some, some, some sickness. Maybe you have a broken leg. There's some kind of injury. But we understand in a family, you're going to receive healing. And so we, we know how it's going to work. Is as you, go, as you are a part of this family, you're a part of, of what we're doing, that, that you're going you're gonna to grow and you're going to move past those places and you're going to be, be, become a person who understands your contribution and, and sees your personal responsibility to this family. Or at least you should. See, Paul talked about this in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 3. He's talking to the church at Corinth and he's talking to them about being a little aggravated with them. Because they're acting like babies. Because they're not growing. And he's expecting growth and he knows God wants them to grow. It says this, I'll read it from the message translation here because I love the way it says it. It says, "For, for now, friends, I'm completely frustrated by your unspiritual dealings with each other and with God. You're acting like infants in relation to Christ. Capable of nothing much more than nursing at the breast. Well then, I'll nurse you since you don't seem capable of anything more, which I just love the idea of a man nursing there, but now look at what he says here. He says, he says, as long as you grab for notice these things, as long as you grab for what makes you feel good or what makes you look important, are you really much different than a babe at the breast content only when everything's going your way? Paul's saying here, Hey, it's time to grow up. Like we get that you come to church and maybe you come to this church as a baby and you're new to this stuff, but we expect growth. Right. We expect that as you stay here and as you you become a part of this family that you're going to grow and you're going to develop and you're, gonna, you're not going to stay where you are. You're going to continue to move forward and grow. And, and we understand that you growing is important. Like it's important to you becoming who God's called you to be. It's interesting, this week we kind of had a... A situation with one of our kids that, that really illustrates this great. We were at a toy store on Friday with our kids. And uh, there's these little toys that when my son was little bitty, he used to play with them all the time. They're called Imaginext. And when he was a little guy, man, he loved Imaginext toys. And so we saw them in this toy store and he was with me. And I said, oh Gus, you remember these, man? You used to play with these like crazy. You love these. I'm, and I was kind of saying, I, I miss those days of you having your little Imaginext toys. Well, well, he took that as me saying, like, I'm, I'm sad that you're growing up. And so that night, as he was going to bed, he was kind of in a weird mood, and we walked in his room, and he was just crying. And he was saying, I don't want to grow up, having kind of a Peter Pan moment. And so we came alongside him, and we said, buddy, yes, we loved that phase, but we love the phase you're in now. Like, that was a fun phase, but we love this phase. We love going to football games, and we love that you're going to be one of the peop- the stars in the school play. And we, lo- like, we love this phase, and we're looking forward to the next phase, when you're driving a car someday, and you've got a girlfriend someday. And that, of course, makes him, like, totally mortified. But, <laughs> but we're, we're, we're showing him, like, we, ex- we expect growth, and we're excited about growth. In the same way, like with our babies, we expect growth, and we want them to grow. We know there's more for them. There's more than just being a baby. That's what Paul is saying. There's more. In fact, he says this in Hebrews 5, verse 13. No one who lives on milk alone can know the ins and outs of what it means to be righteous and pursue justice. In other words, if you're just living on milk alone, you're a baby, and you're not going to fully experience all that God wants you to experience because he is only a baby. When you're a baby, it's okay to be a baby, but we expect growth. And with growth comes an understanding of responsibility. And when you think about that, that's a family concept. Like if I'm at Chili's and I'm sitting there at Chili's and the wait staff is totally overworked and the kitchen is just struggling to get food out of the kitchen and things look dirty and it's just kind of a mess, I'm not sitting there going, man, I should really jump in and give these guys a hand. No. I'm thinking, I got to get out of here. Like, how do I get? Why? Because I'm a consumer. I don't have a personal responsibility to chilies. I don't see that. But at the same time, if I walk into my parents' house on Thanksgiving Day, and I see my dad, and he's trying to carry a a table into the, the dining room so that we can all eat together, I'm not looking at him going, boy, this is really unorganized. No, I get off my butt, and I go over, and I help him out. Why? Because I'm a contributor. This is my family, and I want to help out. You see why it's so important that we understand and we see this from the perspective of family, and not, not as a consumer. Because if we don't see it the right way, we're going we're to view it the right way. And listen, here's the problem. Here's what we can run into. If we take a consumer mindset into the church, we're going to judge the wrong kind of things. And we're going to see the church from the perspective of, of I'm a consumer and they're here to perform, and the quality of what they do is what determines whether I stay planted or not. And that's a dangerous place to live. So you understand, as a church, you coming here, we're, we're, not, we're not just trying to make this just like where you just feel good all the time. We're trying to obey God. Like, I'm not trying to preach messages that just make you feel good every week. I'm going to the Lord and saying, Lord, what do you want to say to your church? And I understand that sometimes when I get up to preach, it's going to feel like a little bit of a spanking, but that's good. And you need that. See, what I'm doing here sometimes is I'm not, I'm not abusing you. I'm pruning you. But if you see, if you see pruning as abuse, then, then you're going to flinch and you're going to run away. And I get, some of you have experienced abuse. You've experienced abuse in your families. You've experienced abuse in leadership. And so you can't help it when, when somebody comes at you and they say, hey, this needs to change. And God says this about you to go, whoa, whoa, are you trying to hurt me? But no, we're not. We're trying to help you. See, when you prune a tree, you prune it and it produces more growth. We want you to flourish. We want you to grow. And so our weekends are about, yes, we want to serve you and we want to make this as, as good as we possibly can. But but your your mindset when it comes into church is not about how we perform for you. Listen, it has to be about how you perform for God. See, that's what I care about. See, in fact, the Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 1. It says, finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God. Your approach to church should be, Lord, is my worship pleasing to you? Lord, is is my service pleasing to you? Lord, is my giving pleasing to you? Is my heart pleasing to you? Is my marriage pleasing to you? I want to live a life, Lord, that pleases you. Not, this isn't about God pleasing us. This is about us pleasing him. Us living a life that pleases him and glorifies him. And that's a, that's a family concept. Doing our best for the family. In our family, we expect growth. We, we anticipate that it's going to take place. You may come in one way, but we know that God's going to work on you and work with you and he's going to grow you and you're going to, you're going to become a person who comes to understand and see the personal responsibility that God's placed on your life. You know, personal responsibility, really, that's kind of a sign of maturity. That's right. Like when you begin to take personal responsibility, like my kids right now, uh, God bless them, but if they're not externally motivated, stuff doesn't get done. <laughs> like my son... I'm throwing him under the bus today, but anyway. This is the process with him. Buddy, did you take a shower? Yes. Did you use soap? No. Why? <laughs> like, why would you do? What did you do? What did you do in there? And then, and then, okay, so he comes back out. All right, you take a, did you wash your hair? No. Why? Like, we've had, I did three days ago. Buddy, you've had three football practices since then. You don't want to be the stinky kid. So we have to motivate them externally. Make your bed, brush your teeth, use soap. No one has to tell me to do this. That's a sign of maturity, right? As you grow, you become more internally motivated. You grow to a place where people don't have to tell you what to do all the time. No one has to tell me to use soap in the shower. I get it. No one has to tell me to brush my teeth. Sometimes Sarah has to tell me to make the bed, but that's just every once in a while. I'm doing pretty good on that one. But we become, we mature and we become more internally motivated. That's a sign of maturity in a believer. You, You get to a place where what happens? You get the word of God deep inside of you. You learn it. You study it. You meditate on it. It comes inside of you. And then the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you, begins to lead you and guide you. You're internally motivated by the spirit of God and the word of God that you've planted inside of yourself. That's maturity. That's where God wants to get you. We're glad that you're where you are today. We're glad wherever you find yourself today, we value you and love you, but we expect growth. That's what we do in a family. Here's number four. In our family at Thanksgiving, we're not jockeying for first. Like the leadership ladder does not exist in the church or in the family world, right? Like in your family, think about it. Who are the people in your family that are jockeying for first on Thanksgiving Day? They're the kids, the immature kids who want to be first in line for pie and who want to be first in line to play the board game. Like they're the ones jockeying for position. The rest of us, We we don't do that. Like, I'm not over there preparing my stuffing and looking over at my brother-in-law, who's going to be carving the turkey a little bit later, thinking, one day, (laughs) they'll see. Oh, they'll see. (laughs) Right now, I don't don't know how this happened, how he jumped ahead of me. I was here first, but whatever. But one day, because I got a calling. I got a calling on my life. I'm going to carve some turkey. (laughs) So someday they'll see. Oh, they'll see. No, right? Like I'm just there to bring my dish to the family because I care about the family. Like it's my family. I just want to serve my family. I don't care if I'm doing, climbing the leadership ladder here. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I just want to serve my family. And I don't care if if my dish is voted the best dish. Like I'm not taking a poll. Okay, everybody, let's stop for a minute. What do you think was the best dish? And hopefully my stuffing reigns as number one every year. No, no, I don't. I don't care because it's not about my glory it's about serving the family it's also not about my passion because let me just tell you I don't have a passion for stuffing <laughs> it just landed this way I just I got the stuffing so that's what I do but I, I don't, I've never had a moment where there was like a prophetic word son you will bring stuffing to the table no yes I receive it I'll do that yes no didn't happen My passion is not for stuffing. My passion is for family. And because my passion is for family, I bring whatever I can to serve the family. And I want it to be good, but not for my glory, for my family's benefit. You guys follow me? This is why we've got to see this the right way. Because if we don't, what will happen is we'll stand up here on a Sunday and we'll say, hey, we need some guys to be a part of our our teardown team. Or we need some more ushers. or we need some more people in kids ministry. And we'll see it as an obligation instead of a personal responsibility. And we'll see it and we'll go, well, that's not my gifting. No, here's the thing. God wants to use your gifting. and He's made you a certain way, but he wants you to, to use your gifting and your abilities within the context of the need he's placed in front of you. That's how God works. It's not God, use me only the way I want to be used. It's God, use me. I'm here to be a vessel, to be used by you. You created me. You formed me. You put a need in front of me, and I recognize it, and I'm going to serve it. So if you're in a family, we expect that you're not jockeying for position. You're just here to to be a part of things and to serve the family. Here's number five. In our family at Thanksgiving, we go out of our way to serve kids and guests. In our family on Thanksgiving, we go out of our way to serve kids and guests. There's two people, two groups of people that typically don't bring as much to Thanksgiving dinner, and that's kids and that's our guests. My kids on Thanksgiving Day need a lot of help. And before I can serve myself, I have to make sure that they are set up and they are served. And, and, I, and I'm happy to do that because I love them and I value them and I want them there. And so before I prepare my plate, I'm going through and I'm preparing their plates. And they're in different places. And so the plates that I prepare for them have to be prepared to, to feed them where they are. Like my four-year-old daughter, she, she can't eat as much. She can't eat everything there. And she can't eat as big a portions. So I have to give her the food and the portion that she can eat. She gets a little bit of mashed potatoes and she gets some turkey and I'm gonna cut that turkey up so that she can eat it the right way. She's getting the food that we're all eating. She's just getting it in a different way. And my seven-year-old and my 10-year-old, they all get food in a different way. My 10-year-old, he can eat closer to how we eat now because he's growing and he's maturing and there's, a, there's change taking place. But we, we meet them in their area of need and we have a place for them and we set them in their little place. And when they're at the table with us, and, and we know that they're going to make a mess. We know that food's going to get dropped on the ground. But we don't care. We love them. And we value them. And when they make a mess, we don't expect them to clean it up. We're going to come alongside of them, and we're going to help them get it cleaned up. We know that if they try to clean it up in their own strength, they're going to make a bigger mess. Boy, isn't this a great picture of kids and new believers and how we minister to them? And, and guess too. Last year, my, my, uh, my niece brought her boyfriend to Thanksgiving dinner and he was a guest. And so when he came in, everybody went out of their way to serve him and to make sure he was taken care of and make sure he knew how things worked. When he came in, we didn't all go, Hey, uh, we, we're kind of a little group here and we're good. We like this. And you're, you're not really in our group yet. So you can just, we'll see if you, if you measure up to be a, no, no, we welcomed him in and we made a place for him and we showed him the ropes. We showed him where the bathroom was. And we showed him how things worked. And we're going to be in here in the kitchen cooking. And we're going to have the game on. And feel free to just have a seat and just be here with us right now. We know you're new. Just, you don't have to bring anything. Just come and be a part of it. Monday of this week, that boy proposed to my niece. Yeah, so now he's going to be in the family. And you know what? Things are going to change. we're still going to help him along. We don't expect him to just everything change this Thanksgiving, but as the years go on, listen, his role in our Thanksgiving meal is going to change because he's a family member now and he's a contributing family member and he's going to see personal responsibility and he's going to come and listen, I'm sure him and my niece are going to start bringing a dish eventually. And then in a few years, they're going to start bringing little people that they've created together and they're going to be, and they're in the family. They're blood relatives in this family. And we're gonna welcome them in and they're gonna make a mess and they're gonna to need to be fed, but we're gonna take care of them. Why? Because they're a part of this family. Are you guys following me today? This is what we're called to do. And this is why we make such a big deal out of reaching kids and guests at this church. Because we believe in those classrooms back there, we're not babysitting these children. We believe that legacy is on the line. And so we lead with kids because one day kids will lead this church. Because that's what happened with me. Somebody valued me when I was a kid and poured into me. And so I grew up and now I'm pastoring a church. Somebody valued David Terry when he was a kid and poured into him and taught him the word as a kid. And so he's leading our worship team. We don't wait till they bring something to the table. And this is the problem a lot of churches have. We value tithing. And so we value only the givers. We value only the tithers. If you can't bring something to the table, we don't value you until you can here's the problem if we don't value kids when they bring very little to the table they won't value us when they can bring more and there's a lot of churches in this country that are dying right now literally dying off because they didn't care about the next generation they didn't value the next generation and so the generation they cared about is getting old and is literally dying and with it goes the church we're not going to be that church we're a church that values the next generation The future of this church, listen, I want New Song to live long past my life. I want this to be a multi-generational church that goes on and on and continues to do the work of the Lord with your kids leading the way in the future. That's what we desire. So we pour into those kids and we take the word of God and we break it down for them. Listen, and I'm not trying to call, put anybody on blast here this morning, but... That's why we want your kids in our kids' classes. Because in those kids' classes, we're not babysitting. We've prepared a message for them that they can ingest and take in and receive from. They can't get everything in here. This isn't for them. This is for you. They're not going to be able to process all this. But that stuff is made at their level. And so that's why we do it that way. And that's why we value you putting them in there and them receiving those messages. And we work hard to make sure that's done well. We believe what Isaiah 55 says. It says that when the word is sent, that it will accomplish the purpose for which it's sent. And so we're gonna send the word of God into those children every chance we get. We're gonna work hard to make it relatable to them and make it where they can take it in and get it so that it will produce fruit in their life now and in the years to come. And so this is why we're doing stuff like we just recently... Uh, we're bringing on my dad to be the family's pastor here at New Song Church. And we're so excited about this because uh, I don't know how well you guys know my dad, maybe you don't, but my dad has been in ministry for 40 plus years and has had a huge impact on the body of Christ. My dad is one of the founding fathers of the modern day children's ministry movement that is experienced in churches all across America. In churches today, across America, in all these churches all over the state, in the cities and countries. They're doing songs my dad wrote. They're doing uh, lessons that he was a part of producing. Like that's taking place. And he's coming here and he's now gonna be overseeing our children's ministry, youth ministry and family ministries. really awesome. And so we're up in our game. We're continuing to grow. We're continuing to do this. In fact, one of the things I'm really excited about because we, we believe this, we believe that our church is called to be a global church and to have a global impact. And one of the things I'm really pumped about is we're actually working on a project with my dad right now. We're partnering with him and it's going to be a New Song Kids, Ken Blunt Ministries, kids worship project that we're doing right now. And our team has been a part of the writing of it and we're, we're producing these songs and there's going to be DVDs. And on Sunday mornings, this is so cool, in churches all over America, there's going to be people that, little kids that are going to be singing these songs and worshiping God and we play a part in that out of this church. Isn't that awesome? So cool. Why? Because we value the next generation. We value guests. This is why we go out of our way to make guests feel welcome. And we want you to see that. You're a family member here. When people come in, we don't, don't be a clicky church. Don't, don't get in a circle and put turn your back on everybody else. We want to welcome people in. We want people to, to feel like this is a family that they are invited to be a part of. Why? Because Psalms 92 verse 13 says, those that are planted. We got to see church the right way. This is a family we got to be planted. If you're planted in a family, you're not looking to jump out of your family. Right? Amen. Unless it's really bad. We don't do that. You're in your family. It's your family. We want to be planted. Why? Because we're flourished. We're going to produce good fruit for our family and for other people around us. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? Lord, we thank you that we are born into the family of God as Christians, as believers, we are a part of this incredible family. We thank you for it, Lord. Thank you that we can call God our Father, that Jesus is our brother, that we're brothers and sisters in this family together. And thank you that we're a growing family. And I thank you today, Lord, as a church, that we would, we would really grasp the personal responsibility and the contribution that we bring to the family. Wherever we find ourselves today, Lord, I thank you that we would have a better understanding of how we partner with this family and grow it and build it to make a difference in this world around us. Lord, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our lives. We love you, Lord. Uh, if you're here today, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, maybe you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, I would love to pray with you today. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Bible says that, that, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that you'll be born again that you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you've never made that decision. So you're not really a part of the family yet, but we want to welcome you into the family today where you can become a blood relative with all of us by the blood of Jesus Christ. We'd love to, to be a part of that with you. Or maybe today you're here and you just don't know where you stand with the Lord today. You don't know if you're, you know, you're not as close to God as you should be. You, you, you would recognize that you're, you've been kind of halfway in, halfway out. Like you've got a foot in the world and a foot in the church and you really feel the, the love of God calling you today to really go all in and really commit to, to this family. If that's you today, I'd love to pray for you this morning. So if that's you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'd love to pray with you this morning. Would you just lift up your hands and just acknowledge that so I can see you. If you'd like to pray today to make Jesus Lord of your life. Yes, I see that hand over there. That's awesome. Anybody else? You'd like to commit yourself this morning to Jesus Christ, to the family of God, to the house of the Lord. Say, God, I'm going to quit doing it my way. I'm going to commit you. If that's you, just slip your hand up and you slip it right back down if that's you this morning. All right, New Newstalk Church, would you stand up with me today? We're going to pray a prayer with these, these people here that lifted their hand today, that acknowledged that they need Jesus. We're going to all pray this prayer together and a miracle is going to take place. That person... Those individuals are going to be born again, made new in Jesus Christ. So would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sins. I recognize that I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I've fallen short of the glory of God. But I also recognize that you died for me. And I believe that you died on that cross for my sins that you rose from the dead so that I could be risen with you. Thank you, Jesus. I commit my life to you. Not my will, but yours be done. I make you the Lord of my life. Thank you for being my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. Let's give him a hand this morning. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.